You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. I'm your host, Brendan Clean. I'm a credentialed media member covering the Suns and the NBA at SB Nation, as well as Dime Magazine. Follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnPHXSuns. A ton of stuff to get to today. We have the draft and free agency coming up, whether we like it or not, but I do want to spend a little bit of more time Talking about this season, giving these Suns their flowers before we start talking about what next year's Suns might look like. So at the end of the show, I will be playing a couple of voicemails that I got at my Google Voice inbox from Suns fans who listened to the show, who enjoyed this run, of course, and had some things to say. So appreciate you guys who did call in. Look forward to that at the end. But let's start here, which is free agency. And I did not only just get the voicemails, I also asked for a few questions on r slash Suns, on the Suns subreddit, and wanted to start there. So we'll also get to the draft, the ultimate NBA mock draft on the Locked On Podcast Network aired this week. So I will tell you what went into my pick, why I picked who I did, as well as some of the trades and considerations that went into it because the draft is officially a week from Thursday when I'm recording this, six days for those of you listening, so we do not have much time to waste and I want to start to talk about it. Um, So that's the game plan today. Today's show is brought to you by our live NBA draft show. That's right, the Locked On Podcast Network on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel is hosting a Draft show live from the WFAA studios in Dallas, Texas with the NBA Draft GOAT, Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Bill Bargett, expert analysis locally on each thing, on every single pick, and follow Locked On NBA on YouTube to watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Should be a great show. But let's dive into some Sun stuff here, guys. Again, starting with free agency. And the question comes from Andrew Lund, 94, over on the Suns subreddit. His question is, should the Suns go for a Dame type of trade or make improvements around the current core? And I don't necessarily have much to say about Damian Lillard because, frankly, I just don't think the Suns have the horses to pull it off. I don't think that he's a target that would make much sense. The trade would almost, without a doubt, have to be Chris Paul opting in, or choosing not to opt out, and then Devin Booker is the other guy who could fit just from a salary perspective. So Damian Lillard, to me, I'm sorry, Andrew. A, I don't think he's really what the Suns need necessarily because they have plenty of, of small guards who, who score, they, um, they, they need some different things, but generally speaking, Andrew, my question, the way I took your question is, are the Suns liable to look for a big trade like that or make improvements around the current core? So whether it's Damian Lillard or something a little bit smaller, there's going to be players available. There always are. You've already heard Beal, Lillard, Pascal Siakam, 
those are star level players that I do think Siakam sounds interesting from a Sun standpoint. Maybe we'll talk about that in the future. I actually um, think he f- solves a lot of what the Suns need, but I tend to, despite all of that, Andrew, to answer your question, lean toward making improvements around the current core because the Suns were one game away from uh, a game seven at home and a potential NBA title. They were up 2-0 in the NBA Finals. This is a team that's close. The reason that I think that, uh, there's a couple. I mean, the first one is the, the Suns are very set up to succeed even next season. I think this is getting lost a little bit as we talk about the Lakers, we talk about the Clippers, all of these other Western Conference teams, and it's built into this idea of, oh, the Suns got so lucky and they only made the finals because of these injuries. This is the whole narrative that's been formed. I, I, I didn't agree with it in the moment. I don't agree with it now. And I think especially after seeing guys take strides forward, if the Suns are able to keep Chris Paul, which, again, the, everything I say basically is going to be dependent upon Chris Paul staying. If he were to leave or express interest in leaving, then sure, we're going to talk about trades. We're going to talk about, you know, cap manipulation. We're going to talk about all of it. But assuming that Chris Paul stays, which is still my going assumption, it it the, the Suns are going to be right there. We saw DeAndre Ayton grow immensely as a player. We saw Mikhail Bridges handle defensive matchups of all shapes and sizes. And I think what he needs to do to get better is very, very plain. And I would imagine he will do it. Cam Johnson campaign. Torrey Craig proving himself as a reliable rotation player. Jay Crowder continuing to be consistent and far less streaky than he was. All of these things make me feel good. And when you look at the West, I don't agree with that part of it either because I think some of the players we saw get injured are still going to be either injured from the previous situation that they dealt with physically in the case of a guy like Kawhi Leonard or are still going to be a risk to deal with injuries in the future. You have LeBron James and Anthony Davis for different reasons, one being that James is old, the other being that AD is has always been a, a little bit of an injury risk and doesn't seem to be able to handle playing the five for extensive amount of time. Those guys are both physical risks still. Kawhi Leonard will be out most of next season. Jamal Murray will be out most of next season. Le- Leonard is no lock to be healthy. You look at the Jazz, they're losing Mike Conley. They seem to have a lot to figure out. The Mavericks seem to have a lot to figure out. The Warriors are getting Klay Thompson back. He is no lock to be what he used to be. The idea that the Suns are boxed out from being able to compete next season because of this quote-unquote luck that they were able to get this season is completely false to me. And it's why I think that they should just keep it. They should just stick with what they have because... It's not too hard to do that, and the other big part of this, I mean, the reason it's not too hard to do that, just to clarify, is assuming that Chris Paul either stays on this last year of his contract or works together an extension with the Suns, they have the upper hand to do that. Booker, Bridges, Johnson, Ayton, all of those players, Crowder, are all under contract next season. They need to replace Dario Saric's minutes. They need to figure out what's going on with Cameron Payne. They would like to keep Torrey Craig, I would imagine. And from there, you're going to be able to fill out most of the rest of your needs with, we already saw it, Etwan Moore and Langston Galloway are pretty high-profile players who came here on the minimum. That's going to continue at an even higher level, and teams players are going to want to come to this team. 
as crazy as that sound, I'm still wrapping my head around it, but it's true. You think about a Blake Griffin, you think about, I'm only now just some sort of starting <clears throat> to think about who these players potentially could be, but um, the, 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 the guys every year that come around and make an impact on teams in the buyout, I've seen Andre Drummond's name going around. There's going to be players without a doubt. Nicholas Batum, he has the connection with Monty Williams from um, Portland. And I heard people saying that they wanted him around here in uh, the, the offseason last year. I don't think he's a lock and I think he can get some more money than the minimum. But think about those types of players and how much they would want to come here, especially with Dario Saric, uh, JaVale McGee, another example, especially with Dario Saric out and there are going to be some minutes to go around in that front court. We know Monty Williams likes to play a lot of guys. We know that Chris Paul is, is older and they don't want to run him into the ground too much. And they're coming off of this deep run. I'm sure they'll want to play as many players as they can. Jalen Smith will factor in. But it's not very difficult to run it back. So, Andrew, I hope that answers your question. It leads me to, as well, another question from our sons. Thunder Bob Marley, I like the name there. After a grueling finals run and straight to the Olympics, Booker will not have much rest for next season. Mr. Marley says, are you concerned and what can be done to manage it? And that leads me to the point I was just making about rest. It doesn't really worry me too much. I mean, the reality is the Suns got the break last year and they're not one of these teams like the Heat or the Lakers or the Nuggets who had to be part of the deep bubble run, right? They didn't make the playoffs in 2020. They basically had four months or so off and then a month of basketball and then another three or so months off. So for the most part, last year was an opportunity to get better and recuperate. This year was a grind. But aside from Booker, everybody's going to be fine. And when it comes to Booker specifically, he asked for this. And I guess my point there is that I just trust him to make the right decision for his body. We're seeing Jason Tatum. We're seeing Bam Adebayo. A lot of players who were part of the deep bubble and made the playoffs in 2021 still went. And they're all young. And they're all hungry. And they all want to play basketball. I think the part that gets missed in some of this stuff is that guys go there to get better. They go there to compete with other excellent players. It's one of the only opportunities you ever have in your career to push yourself and grow against elite level teammates in practice and on the and on the court we talk about all of the recruitment and the silliness in the transaction game but the really cool part to me is that Booker has a chance here to go play with Damian Lillard go compete against Bradley Beal in practice go compete against uh, unfortunately for another few weeks uh Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday right so I think that part to me is is worth the risk and I trust him to minimize that risk, mitigate that risk, and be familiar enough with his own body to make the right decision. And I don't think it should impact too much how the Suns are viewing next season. Although, when we're talking about making improvements to the roster in free agency, I do think having that extra bit of depth will help. Okay, that wraps us up on the written Q&A. I wanted to Transition into the NBA draft next. We'll talk about what I did in the Locked On Ultimate Mock Draft here in just a second. First, though, folks, a quick word from betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the quickest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, whether that is the Olympics. You're going to want to go in all in on Team USA. Maybe you like 
a team like Nigeria as an underdog. I talked to you about NBA MVP props already up for the 2022 season, and that's what you can expect from Bet Online. They are your one stop shop for news, sign up bonuses, and contest info constantly updated to get you the fix that you need. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the game as teams prep for their next season. Head to the website or on your mobile device, make an account today, and when you do, use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Back here talking about the Locked On Ultimate NBA Mock Draft 2021, which culminated today. It was just the first round, of course, but that meant that the Suns' 29th pick was up, and I wanted to tell you guys what I did. I don't even know if I'm technically supposed to talk about this, but of course, go listen there. We've had shows all week. We have all of our local experts chiming in with who they picked. We have NBA Draft Experts on the Locked On NBA Draft Show, that is Richard Stammen and Raphael Barlow giving their input, and of course, the great Chad Ford chiming in every so often with the good, the bad, and the interesting throughout, so check out that show wherever you get podcasts, but I wanted to talk about my selection here, 29th pick, things went about as expected, which means that nobody really fell who I thought might. That means that at number 29, drumroll, I picked Nashawn Highland, Bones Highland from VCU. I, the more that I watch this kid, really, really like him. We had talked about Bones in the past on this show um, with Brandon, who is uh, your your go-to on draft stuff. I'm sure if you listen to this show, you are already following him at Hoops underscore. He will be back Monday to give us even more, I'm going to run this draft pick by him, but he's the guy who initially got me onto Highland, the sophomore out of VCU, and there's a lot to like. He is fairly thin as far as his frame goes, doesn't necessarily look like the most NBA-ready guy, but we've also seen guards who can score for themselves don't always need to be physically dominant. Now, is it is it going to affect parts of his game? Sure, but let me tell you what I like first. He upped his scoring from 9 points to 20 points per game in 11, uh, 10 more minutes per game in his from his freshman to his sophomore year. Most importantly to me, he upped his 3-point volume while staying at 37%. He upped his free throw volume while increasing his free throw efficiency up to 86%, elite free throw shooter, which bodes well for his shooting. And most importantly, upped his 2-point percentage, which was... Again, if you're talking about parts of his game that might be impacted by that frame, as a sophomore, he goes from 43% in year one to sophomore year, 54% from two-point range on more than double the two-point attempts. So this is a guy who made legitimate strides as a shooter and scorer from his freshman to sophomore year. This is a player who even after that freshman season was being looked at as an NBA prospect cemented himself as a first round pick in my opinion fits a lot of what I think James Jones will like in terms of a fairly high profile program multiple years in college has a definite niche can shoot the ball has you know probably the ability to come in and play in the NBA if he needs to I don't know if that will be the case depending on what happens in free agency and Tyshawn Alexander players like that but 
I think the mold is there for what a James Jones type of player is. We'll talk about more of what that even means, because that is an open question as well. What is James Jones actually like? But I, when I think about it, these are the boxes that I think he checks. So I like him as a fit here. And the frame thing, just to go back to some of the negatives, that you would watch him and you would think, okay, he's not going to be able to finish, right? That's the obvious one. As an offensive player, he can shoot. He has a pull-up three, a spot-up three, mid-range. He can... He has a really killer floater, pretty good handle. He can get by guys. He's pretty quick. The thing you would wonder is, okay, is he going to be able to finish? And obviously that's still going to, to follow him. He's listed at 6'3", 165, so a very diminutive frame. Um, but I think his game works because he doesn't have to finish a ton. The efficiency in that two point went up, as I said, and he is so crafty around the basket that I think you trust that to work. You know, I think I don't love this comp, but like a, a, a bigger Lou Williams is sort of the mold, I think, of, of what he is as a player. And he's a really smart team defender and he's able to use that size. So he's not like Williams on defense, but on, as far as a shot creator, that's kind of the player that I liken him to. And Lou is able to finish for a lot of the same reasons because Highland, like, like Lou, can finish with either hand can get to that floater so he doesn't even have to rely on getting all the way to the basket. Now, are there going to be matchups where a big center like a Rudy Gobert or a rim protector like that is able to quiet Highland a little bit? Of course, but I think being able to finish with either hand, and he's legit with either hand, not I saw a couple of times that he was able to do it with the left hand, but he really truly is comfortable getting to either hand. He doesn't prefer one demonstratively more than the other, and improved by leaps and bounds from his freshman to his sophomore year. I would expect that to continue in the Suns program. And his game is pretty modern in terms of being able to create threes for himself. You would also hope he could grow as a passer and playmaker, only 2.1 assists per game. He had 50 total assists to 74 total turnovers. That's not the type of ratio that you like to see. I'm willing to look past that though, because I don't think that was really his role. He had a a complete green light. That team had other ball handlers just from the limited amount that I was able to watch them. His assist percentage also went down. So that's going to be the gray area is individual defense. Does he get overpowered? Can he score against rim protection in the NBA? And can he improve as a passer? But I really like him at pick 29. I think he's a pretty good bet to be a role player in the NBA. And that is an awesome player to get in the late first round. I wanted to quickly, before we get out of here on the draft stuff and take your calls via my Google voicemail box is to just go through some of my thought process. So again, not anybody surprising fell. I would have loved to get any number of the other guards in this draft. Trey Mann, Sharif Cooper, Davian Mitchell, Jared Butler even, who dealt with some physical stuff, but is ready to, he was cleared to be in the draft. I did look, obviously, and think about a lot of those players. They were all gone. I think that's how it will happen on draft night, but I was happy that Highland fell. Aside from the other players, though, I talked about a couple of other... I talked about a couple of other um, trades with the other locked-on hosts heading into pick 29, and I'll run you through a few of them. Talked to the Raptors briefly about they have two second round picks. Should they move up? Not interested really in that. 
I think the Suns could really use a player here in the first round. They do not have their pick next year, so they're going to want another cheap, productive player if they can get one as Bridges, Aiton, etc. get it more expensive over time. The two more interesting ones, I actually talked to the Knicks as well. I don't even remember what they offered. It was another pick swap sort of package I didn't really care for. The two most interesting ones, because my priorities were more shooting and size, because I think that's the recipe to win in the NBA, and it's obviously clearly what James Jones prefers in his players. The two most interesting ones, first off, was the Pacers, who approached me about Aaron Holiday and future second rounders for pick 29. I didn't really like the idea of Aaron Holiday. I don't think he's too much better than campaign, if at all. So there's not much there. Even if Chris Paul were to worst case scenario leave, I don't think you have a starting point guard in that case between Holiday or Payne. So it doesn't solve that problem. I did go back to Tony East of Locked On Pacers after that, though, and I talked to him about uh, Doug McDermott, who I thought could, you know, potentially fill some of the Torrey Craig minutes, the Dario Saric role as a floor spacing three slash four. A lot was written about his improvements on defense over the past couple of seasons. I think if you have good players around him, he can survive in a defense. It would be a side in trade because Doug McDermott is a free agent, but I sort of liked the idea of 29 and Dario Saric. Tony understandably was not okay with taking on Dario Saric, even in the sign and trade because of his basically lost season next season. So nothing was able to really come there. I didn't really like the idea of Jay, of giving up Jay Crowder. However, I did almost pull the, tr- the trigger on another Jay Crowder trade. Maybe I'm going to get killed by you guys. Please do let me know if these are tracking with what you think. I tend to believe my, my like pie in the sky, best case scenario for next season before the Sharich injury was that you could use Crowder and Sharich potentially in trades this year to maybe the two of them and a pick to get a Siakam type. I think you'd have to add, obviously, more than that, but that's the salary because those two both make a considerable amount of money that can add you up toward a pretty good uh, level. And then you have Cam Johnson and Jalen Smith, ideally, to step in. It was all this whole concoction I had in my brain. And then Dario Sharge goes down. The Suns suffer in the finals and obviously are going to suffer next season with that black hole of a roster spot there. And it complicates. They don't have as much to trade. So I kept with Crowder because I still thought maybe there's something there. The trade that eventually materialized with was with Matt George of Locked On Kings. And the trade that I thought about there had to do with Buddy Heald because he was really aggressively shopping Buddy Heald. He wanted to get off the salary, and I think that's a pretty great backup guard for the Suns to have, somebody who can play with Booker and Paul or come off the bench and create for himself. I said, does 29 and Crowder as a starting point work? He said, yes, I liked it. Eventually, though, we started to put together a three-team deal. I'm going to send 29 and Crowder out. I'll get Buddy back and... The Kings were going to get Miles Turner and all this, but it didn't, at the end of the day, feel like the Suns could count on Buddy to be able to play championship-level basketball from a teamwork standpoint and a defensive standpoint for me to feel okay parting ways with Jay Crowder. Because as you can tell from these first two segments, I am pretty married to the idea of keeping this core together, improving it on the margins, on the bench, getting a little bit older, and being pretty damn good next season. So even with just that small price of Crowder plus 29, 
taking on a Buddy Heald contract that's very expensive and a player who I don't all the way trust. I just couldn't do it. So at the end, I went with Bones Highland at number 29. I would be thrilled if the Suns could get him in the draft. I think he's a player who really can grow in their system and contribute at a high level as a scorer off the bench in time. Potentially, in a best-case scenario, maybe start next to Devin Booker. Okay, listen to the Locked On Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, wherever you listen to podcasts, not just my pick, but all the way down through tons of trades, tons of interesting selections, and a ton of great analysis all the way through. All right, that closes us out for the mailbag segment. I do want to open up the phones. As I said, I'll play you a few of the best voicemails. I'll chime in as I see fit in between them. Let's get right to it. But first, a quick word from Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet, my favorite protein bar. And look, every single Built Bar that you have is going to be consistent, consistently delicious, I should say, because they're all covered in chocolate. They're all soft. They're all easy to chew. No matter what flavor you get, that is a lock. They're all going to be high in protein, 17 to 18 grams, and only four or five grams of sugar. So they're healthy too, in addition to tasting great. But on top of that, they have a a flavor for everybody to try. Anyone, any type of taste, sweet taste that you love, you're going to be able to find a Bilt Bar to satisfy that. They are selling the Grasshopper Cookie while supplies last, which is like a thin mint protein bar. It's delicious. They also have mint brownie, fairly similar if that is your thing, and maybe the supplies are not still intact, but also salted caramel. They also have strawberry and orange just for the summer. Something for everybody in addition to my beloved double chocolate, my absolute favorite. So, Try for yourself, perusebuilt.com, check out what they have, order one that sounds right for you, and I promise you it will be delicious. Again, that's built.com. When you get there, use the promo code Locked On to get a 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code Locked On for 15% off at built.com. Back here, closing out today's episode of Locked on Suns with your thoughts. That's right. I took your calls on the voicemail box that I set up. That is 602-456-4317. If you'd like to continue, I might put some more of these up next week if you all keep calling. Our first caller, though, is Jalen from Atlanta with his thoughts on how the Suns surprised him in 2021. This is Jalen from Atlanta. Man, I thought the Suns were going to have a thunder type of season where they have, like, maybe the fifth seed at best. But, you know, you know, like fighting for playoff spots. If you told me before the season they'd have the second seed go all the way to the finals and the only way they'd lose is by a near seven-footer dropping 42 nights in a row within a 50-point game, I would have laughed at you. Like, this series or this season – as a whole, was special. Fun to watch. Fun to keep up with. Hopefully they can do the same thing next year. I'm excited for next year. Looking to see the growth from everybody now that they have this experience. Go Suns. Jalen, thank you for the call. I could not agree more. Um, getting to see some of the moments this season, I was just in disbelief. And whether that was uh, the way that the finals unfortunately came to a close and 
the pretty much unstoppable performance that Giannis put together, or of course, moments like the Valley Oop, Jay Crowder salsa dancing against the Lakers, Cameron Payne scoring 30 points basically in an NBA playoff game, all of it, I kept saying throughout, felt like it was all just gravy. Um, a magical, magical run that I'm sure we will not uh, forget, but also agree with your sentiment that, again, I do think it will be more of the same next year. I can't promise, of course, no one can, that Game 6 of the NBA Finals will be in our future again next year, but this team is set up for success. All right, next caller right here on Locked on Suns. Just some thoughts, you know, on the Suns season. Uh, although we uh, we didn't, you know, end up winning the championship, we fell a little short. I'm still grateful, blessed, proud that this year was the first year, you know, I was able to say I'm a Suns fan and be proud of that. You know, I've been a Suns fan my whole life. I'm only 16 years old, but I've been a Suns fan as long as I remember. This was truly the first time I've seen them play in the playoffs. And I'll never forget it. This was, this was one of the best years of my life watching this team play. But we, we took the, our young players took the necessary steps that they had to, and we'll be back. I promise we'll be back next year. CP coming back, book going to be better, DA going to be better, Mikel coming back, Cameron Payne coming back. I feel this, man. It's something brewing in the Valley, man. Okay, have to admit, that was my favorite call. Um, getting to hear that you enjoyed Following this team for the first time in so long, I think that speaks to a lot of what awoke in this fan base this season. Um, There's a lot of people that I think are just like you that had no reason to care in the past. And look, I can tell you from uh, readership and listenership numbers that that was the case. This is not a team that was getting anybody excited. I think they have achieved that now. I think this community has really rallied around the Suns. I think having a young team for the first time in... Arizona sports history, basically. I can't really think of another young group. Maybe some of those late 80s sons that eventually went to the finals in 93, you could say. But the Cardinals, the Diamondbacks, you know, there's not been a lot of teams that got this far and actually could build upon it as young guys getting better together. And that's really special. So I'm glad you're happy. I'm glad you're excited. I hope you still feel proud to call yourself a Suns fan heading forward. We'll get to our last caller now, and uh, this one's great, too. Here you go. Hey, Brandon. Love your podcast. Thanks for accompanying uh, us fans on this incredible Suns run. I'm just so uh, thankful for the way that the Suns brought our city together and our state together. Of course, we're disappointed with the way that it ended, but go Suns. Been a fan since uh, I was young, uh, experienced the heartache of the 93 finals. Um, but this year just feel, felt so unexpected and pure and joyful. Um, it was just a tremendous ride. And thanks for being there with us. Great way to close. Unexpected, pure, joyful. I love it. I could not agree more. I feel like um, that was what I think I'll remember most is just how surprising this all was. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this fan base continues to respond. Um, I'm glad you guys were able to call in. I'm glad I was able to answer some of your questions because I have to admit, guys, I was struggling with how to move on, how to turn the page. It did not sit right with me that we're already on to 
talking about Chris Paul's free agency to talking about Cameron Payne's future and what are the Suns going to do in the draft and all of this stuff. I know we have to do it. Trust me, I'm excited eventually to dive into that. But just so, so quickly after the heartbreak, I didn't feel great about having to dive into that stuff. So it was nice to answer your questions about what's on your mind with this team after the finals and give you the floor a little bit. Thank you to the three callers who did call in. Had one more uh, that did not leave a full voicemail or the audio wasn't working or something. Please do call back if you're listening. I'd love to continue to put these in the show. I'll do it more throughout next week if you guys are interested. But uh, yeah, that's a great way to close the book on this week, close the book on this season. And Brandon Duenas uh, of Zona Hoops will be joining on Monday. We'll dive right into draft coverage. I'll run my Bones Highland pick past him, see if we were right. And we're going to talk about what James Jones's draft philosophy actually is after a few years now of seeing the types of players that he tends to prefer. So stay tuned for that. That'll be Monday. Brandon will be joining us again. And the offseason is officially here.